want to talk to you guys about focus and perspective. How do you see? So for, um, some of you may be aware my background is as a, as a journalist and as a photographer. And so as an artist or a journalist or a storyteller, um, my role was to, t to allow people to see from a different perspective or a point, different point of view from the one that they currently have. And the two main things that I would use to do this were focus and perspective. Okay, so I don't want to go looking for a, for a, a dictionary definition or anything like that, but from when I was doing this, um, focus, just for a bit of context, is what you concentrate on, okay? It's what you give your attention to. So as an artist, I would place emphasis on different parts of, a, of an image, causing people to be drawn to them, into that and to focus their attention on that, okay? And that would lead them throughout the picture. Of art theory. Um, and perspective is the filter that you see things through. When it came to perspective, I was trying to get the viewer or the reader to try and see things from my point of view. Because each of us, we may look at different situations or different, different pictures and all that kind of stuff, but we see them differently because we each have a different perspective. We each have a different filter for, um, through how which we see things or a different worldview. Okay, so I was my role as an artist and stuff is to try and get people to see things from my perspective. So it's just been the school holidays, and tomorrow they go back to school, and it's quite exciting. Um, it's been awesome. Um, I love school holidays. It's, it's great. I work part of it, unfortunately, but it's, it's an awesome time to hang out with the kids and you know, do all that. But poor Asha has been sick for, the, for a large part of it, like since the Thursday of the first week, unbearably sick. So I spent a lot of time sleeping and resting and just generally being bored and not feeling very flash. Um, towards the end of the holidays, we got much better. We got to go to the movies and go ice skating, do some fun stuff with friends and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, go out for lunch, build blanket forts to sleep in and watch movies and all that kind of stuff. But when I asked him about his holidays, I Mum, my holidays sucked. People are going to say, how were your holidays? And I'm going to go, I was sick. The whole time. It was stupid. You know, all the fun stuff has gone out the window because all we focus on is that one thing, that one thing of being sick. It ruined everything. But it's not just this one thing, one time. Sorry, Asha. <laughs> it's not just this one time that happens. Um, he can have the most amazing day, like, okay, filled with roller coasters, adventures, doing amazing things that he's been looking forward to for ages. But all it could take is one small thing just to completely ruin the entire day. So go to Rainbow's End, go play on, you know, roller coasters and all that kind of stuff. But if the ice cream falls off the cone, that's it. That's what is remembered is, you know, that ruins the entire day. His focus narrows to that one thing, taking away all of the good things. And when he looks back, that's the memory that's going to be the strongest for him. Um, so because Ash has been focusing on being sick, his perspective was that his entire holidays were ruined and that there's nothing good has happened at all. Now, obviously, that's not the legacy that Ray and I want for him, to have a focus on the one or two bad things and have it completely ruin his perspective of how things are. And so, we, you know, we're working with them to build and teaching resilience and learning to bounce back from all these things. But he's nine, so it's a work in progress. Hey, buddy. Getting better at that, hey? Mum, don't talk to him right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we go, okay, so he's nine, okay? But how many times do we find ourselves doing those same things? Okay, things could be going completely amazing, but we get distracted by that one little thing that's gone wrong. You know, all the not-so-good stuff that's happening, all the regrets, the if-onlys. If only I hadn't said that. If only I had more money. 
a bigger house, a smaller waist. And then we, you know, we turn our focus towards those things rather than the awesome stuff that's going on and what God is actually um, doing in our lives. We completely miss what God is doing in the midst of our situation because our focus is not more on, not on what is not going right rather than what he's ever doing. Now, have you ever noticed that what you focus on in your life becomes bigger? Okay, so like the spies who entered into the land of Canaan, we allow the fear of giants in our life to become bigger than the God that we serve. You know, we can sit there and sort of go, but if we go, I want to do this, okay, so I want to lose weight. So we go, okay, I want to lose weight. But if you don't focus on that, you don't point yourself towards that, and you just carry on eating chocolate, it's not going to happen. You know, (laughs) like, so... So, so then that problem becomes bigger, in a bit of a sense. Probably not the best example, but we'll go with it. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay, focusing on your faults and your failings will consume you. You'll see everything through a filter of lack and of not being good enough. If you focus on your goals and what you want to achieve, you become driven to see success happen. Your perspective will be one of it's possible. Focus on your heavenly father, and he becomes bigger than the giants in the, that you face. Now, just to clarify, God is always bigger than the giants. Always. Always bigger than those giants. But our perception doesn't always allow us to see that. Focusing on him will also cause you to see yourself as he sees you. Victorious in him, an overcomer, and a child of God. Okay, there are still plenty of times that I have to remind myself that I have to, to focus on what God is doing and what he has done not the storms that come to distract me. But give my attention and my thoughts to those things and my emotions and feelings become more real to me than the truth of the victory that I have in God. Philippians 4.8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Focus on the truth, not how you feel. Our feelings will often lie to us. We may feel lonely and rejected, but God's word um, says that he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. We may feel like we're a mistake, but the truth is he planned us, and we were created on purpose, for a purpose. Our feelings will lie to us, and what we feel is not always the truth. Um, when we focus our thoughts towards God and his truth, our words and our actions follow. I have learned, and I'm still learning, that if I want to do something that I need to focus on it, commit to it, and then my actions and my words will follow. Okay, for example, when I was a student, I um, wanted to go on a missions trip to Thailand. It was my first overseas trip. I was 22, my first, yeah, first overseas trip. And... Um, and I, I was a student, I was like, there's no way that this is going to happen. But I was like, right, that's it, I'm going to commit to the trip and I'm just going to trust God. You know, it, the reality of me being able to pay for this trip on my own was pretty much really unlikely. But I committed to the trip and my faith and my words and my actions followed. Because I was committed, the date was set, so you have a bit of a time frame to work through. And it meant my financial decisions were all based around the trip. Will I buy that new top or will I put it towards going to Thailand? As I did this, I saw God come through in multiple ways, um, in which in turn increased my faith. Um, right, there was one time Ray that she saved up a jar of money. Coins were big in those days. And um, saved up a jar of money. There was probably about a couple hundred dollars in it. And he gave it to me to go towards um, Thailand, which was like, awesome. 
and it was not long before I was due to go and I still don't have the money to get. But um, I went to church one night and I felt really strongly to put it in the offering. Great. Um, because I'd been focusing on the fact that God was providing for my trip, my faith had been increasing and my perspective was that he would provide and that he would replace any money that I gave. So I was completely trusting in him and it made me, because of that, it made me far more generous than what my logical mind would go, no, don't do that, you need it. Whereas I, yeah, my perspective was that God's providing, so I'm going to go with it. Now, God truly did come through, and with the amount of money that I gave in the offering was replaced that same evening right down to the very last cent. And then it doubled the following week. Now, when we trust, when our perspective is trusting in God, we step out. There's a lot of freedom in it. There's way more freedom for us to step out and trust in him because we have faith that he's going to follow through. It takes a lot of the risk out of it. Um, if our perspective is that God will provide for us, it takes the pressure off for us to do that ourselves and allows us to be far more generous with those around us. Now, our perspective can be determined by past events that have shaped their lives, good and bad. You know, and maybe that home wasn't a safe place for you growing up, so having the perspective or the view of God as a loving father may be difficult for you to grasp because that's not what you've experienced. You may look at your relationship with God through the filter of fear, expecting to be disciplined, you know, um, for him to be a hard taskmaster and for you having to work constantly to earn his love. You know, it could be the perspective of not being provided for and so viewing things through the filter of needing to hold things close to you so you don't have lack. But the awesome thing is we are new creations in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Our past experiences and old perspectives do not define us anymore. We are a new creation. We are stepping into the identity that God has created for us as his children. When we look at our lives through the filter of a heavenly perspective, that we are created in the image of God, his children, etc., it changes the way that we live our lives. There is freedom, there is hope, and situations that may have thrown us off before no longer send us into a tailspin of despair, but are approached in a completely different manner. It's easier to put our trust in God because that we know that he is with us, and rather than just hoping that he might turn up and help out if he's got time and having a good day. You know, so I just want to encourage you today, this is a short message, but really want to um, encourage you, what are you focusing on? Now, are you focusing on the giants that stand in the way of the promise that God has for you? Or are you focusing on the one who slays them? Now, what is it that is getting in the way? Now, is your perspective tainted by your past experiences? Or are you looking at things from a heavenly perspective? Do you need a new perspective? I believe that God will give you a new perspective. That he's wanting us to see things from his perspective. I often hear it said that, you know, we see, we see just a page of what God's doing. He sees the entire book. He sees the bigger picture. And sometimes we can just look, oh, what is you going on? Why are you doing this? This sucks. But God knows what's coming. He has a bigger perspective than us. You know, we can go, God, this is hard. What is going on? And he's going, I'm building resilience. I'm showing, I'm, I'm creating a way for a new, new thing. I'm starting to learn lately that um, for myself, that God starts to make things uncomfortable. I like to be quite stable and quite, like, I'm not one to, 
like make a lot of change quite quickly. Um, and I've found that I'll just st stay in a situation that may not necessarily be good for me just because it's safer than the unknown. And I've found that there's been times I look back and I'm like, oh, God's been making things really uncomfortable to the point where I can't stay in that situation anymore. And I sit there and I have my weekend and I go, God, what are you doing? Why? 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 And I've learned that why is not the right question to ask God. I should be asking Whenever I, have you ever noticed that when you ask God why, you don't actually get an answer? It's just like, hello, are you there? If you go, God, what are you doing? What is your perspective in this situation? And he will open up to you and show you a different perspective, a, a different way of seeing things. It makes it a lot more tenable, a lot easier to step out and to, um, and to move into what it is that God has for you. So just going to pray in just a moment, but I just want to encourage you, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on, um, are you focusing on what God is doing in your life, what he's teaching you, the promises that he has for you? Are you or are you being distracted by the ice cream that's fallen off the cone and ruined the entire day? You know, what is it you're focusing on? And is your perspective, are you looking at things through a filter that is maybe a wee bit skewiff, maybe a wee bit off? Maybe a wee bit tainted, or are you looking at things through the perspective of um, of what God is doing? Are you looking at things from His perspective? So, awesome.